Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 44 of the Cloudcast. Aaron and I are coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Aaron, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. How is everyone today? We're good. So today, uh, we're going to kind of extend one of our discussions that we've been having um, about the next generation of cloud computing and the evolution of applications. And today, our guest is Michael Serkin, uh, Director of Product Marketing for Ruhu Software. Michael, welcome aboard. Yeah, well, hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so... It's a lot of fun. Very good. Uh, Michael was uh, kind enough to have me on a, a guest of, of the Uruhu podcast a few weeks ago. We decided to return the favor, and, you know, I think timing-wise, Michael, when you and I were talking the last time, um, Uruhu was in the, the middle or very, very close to, to announcing some new things or moving forward. Give us an update on, on, on who you guys are, uh, what's, what's new with your product space slash, slash service space, and kind of um, give everybody an introduction to, to you and the, and the company. Sure. So, uh, first off, it's Uhuru, Uhuru. Okay. So it's Uhuru and uh, Uhuru Software, and we have, which is a a Tanzanian word. One of our founders is from Tanzania, and it means freedom. And so we're all about bringing freedom to developers who want to host their apps and not have to worry about IT or servers and so on. So that's the the mission of our company, and this is an excellent time. Uh, to talk because we're right now in the process of releasing our second major beta. Um, when we first launched in December, we had a we, we came out with a beta of our platform as a service, which is a uh, it, it's a hosting environment that allows people to uh, push and deploy apps or developers primarily. So it's it's all about developers um, being able to host their apps without having to worry about servers. Um, as you would with traditional infrastructure as a service where you get virtual machines. So this is more along the lines of a, of a Heroku or App Harbor or an Azure, although Azure now is doing virtual machines, um, where you just push your application, specify the services you want. Uh, we have a lot of great feature or, uh, things that, that, that uh, I, I think are going to appeal to a lot of developers. We're already seeing in, in, our, exi- in our first beta uh, we're we're multi-platform, um, so we're, we support not just uh, Ruby and PHP and Node.js and uh, Java, but we the open source platforms everybody knows and loves. But we also support .NET. Uh, and one thing that's totally blown me away when, when we first launched, I was expecting when we came out with our beta in December, I had thought that we would see. The, the users be kind of on, on a single stack that we'd see the Microsoft users. They want to use um, uh, Microsoft SQL Server and they want to use um, uh, their .NET and that's what the apps they're going to push. And you'd see the, the Ruby users who'd say, hey, I'm all Linux and open source. I'm going to use MongoDB and Ruby. And it, these are all services we offer, right? MongoDB and, and, Java, and uh, Microsoft SQL Server amongst others. And... Uh, and I thought these people would be, you know, single stack. But what it turns out is that a lot of the people who really are interested in our paths, in our platform as a service, like it because they can mix and match things. So there's been a whole lot of .NET developers who sign up 
because they say, oh, I'm really interested in using MongoDB or RabbitMQ message queuing service with my, which are open source Linux apps, and I want to use them with my .NET uh, app because I love .NET, but I want to use these these open source services, but I don't want to have to set up my own um, Linux boxes or manage MongoDB myself. So anyway, I'm just saying that that it actually was a was a shock to me that one of the biggest applications or interests in using this would be people who wanted to like merge these two worlds of open source and .NET. Yeah, and that's really interesting because you know when you read about things like this and you start hearing about things, it's typically yeah, I'm this kind of developer or I'm that kind of developer, and it almost is a religion at times, right? And it's like, oh, don't don't cross the paths, right? But it sounds like actually there is an interest in that in the market. Yeah, and I, you know the other thing I would guess, and, and Michael, give us some insight on this because you you uh, kind of curate, if you will, a, a really large community. I've been interested in, in how big the community around what you guys do is, but um, you know I, I'm seeing more and more where you've got developers that maybe have a a core competency in one language, so it's Ruby or it's Java or it's .NET. But you know, part of part of you know most developers' sort of psyche is they're they're curious by nature. Um, they're they're always looking for sort of quicker ways to get some things done. And so you're hearing about um, people who will say, "Well, I built this application, and, and yeah, the core of it is in .NET, it's in Java, it's in Ruby. But I wrote this little thing over here. It's in Node.js, and I have this other thing over here where, like you said, I needed uh, I needed a really fast message bus, and so I'm using RabbitMQ. And and because things like some of these these PaaS platforms, and I, I believe you guys leverage uh, the Cloud Foundry PaaS platform, it gives you those options, whereas maybe in the past, um, you know, a, a straight .NET stack didn't really give you easy ways to have those options. Are you seeing sort of that type of mix and match happening? Is that kind of what you're well, getting Well, absolutely. At? I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense to use one tool for everything anymore, right? It, it's The world is diverse enough with development platforms and so on that that it just it, it's you're limiting yourself to to use the same hammer for everything right it's that, what's that for that that uh everything's uh, a nail goes, yeah, right. yeah <laughs> if, if all you've got a ha- is a hammer everything looks like a nail right and and so i mean some platforms and systems are better suited to certain things and so why not use that um and uh, and in the case of these languages, right? Like, if you're really familiar with .NET and you're really productive with it, why why should you have to use um, Ruby or Java just because you now want to use a NoSQL database, right? Um, and, and you and you'd like to use MongoDB, so take advantage of that. And uh, and so I'm really seeing that that being not only does it make sense, but we're really seeing it. It happened, and it's certainly the beta testers we've been getting so far. People signing up to our to our paths, they that's a very popular scenario that those people are interested in. Uh, and and you're right, we are using we we uh, Uhuru has taken the open source cloud foundry technology, and we've and we've used that as a base to build a lot of enhancements on. Mm-hmm. So we we added .NET. They don't have any Windows Server .NET support or Microsoft SQL Server support in in uh, Cloud Foundry that VMware came out with. And we made that we've made our .NET extensions available on open source as well. Um, and our new beta now has a lot more extensions. We have a complete web UI now that you can manage your apps, deploy apps from from a web console that's really slick. You just got to see it. Um, and we also have 
uh, a team collaboration. So you can have more than one person. Uh, you can have as many people as you like participating, w- managing and deploying the same apps, um, which is a very unique feature um, that that that's not very prominent out there. I it, it's 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 very. I, I think a lot of developers will really love that. Because um, not every, every you're, you're not everybody's working all by themselves, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, a no. lot of this, you're working on teams with other people, yeah, uh, no. and so this this works really well. And 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 so there, then there's a bunch of other. Of course, our our first beta was actually being hosted on an engine, one of our engineers' desks in Romania, just a box sitting on his desk. Our new our new beta is running on uh, a. A, an honest to goodness production level uh, data center in the U.S. and um, and it's been a private beta so far. Just just two weeks ago, we started telling some of our existing beta users they could try out our new one, our new beta. Um, and we were waiting, we were getting feedback to make sure it was solid before we went announced. But uh, but hey, you're the first, you're the first. I'll make public announcement. We have a a, a really enhanced beta for the for Huru now, and. Um, uh, and anybody can uh, all the listeners are welcome to go sign up and uh, the website we have not put the link to the new beta on our on our main website yet the the URL for our new beta is um, uhurucloud.com u-h-u-r-u cloud.com okay we'll get, that. Cool. we'll get that in the show <laughs> notes you, you know you talked about the the new sort of web interface and there, there, you have a very slick uh, demo on your on your homepage that sort of shows how to get an app deployed in yep. you know, just under five minutes which was very very cool um, you talked a little bit about the the collaboration framework which I think is is neat and I think it's kind of a, an evolving paradigm um, you know I know um, on a, you know my, in my my regular life um, in some of the big data things that are going on people are doing analytics um, the one of the companies that I work with, Greenplum, has added something that is basically social uh, communication, social collaboration around around data analytics. You're doing it around application development, which is very, very cool. Um, you talked about kind of having not being completely focused on on say Microsoft developers, but but you you, you highlighted you know some of the things you're doing around .NET. What what's on the mind of Microsoft app developers these days, and and, and why you know why does something like PaaS and and to a certain extent some of these you know non Azure PaaS platforms why are they you know what, what's on their mind what's interesting to them what's what's a what's critical in their in their sort of path for next development these days. I, to a great extent, I don't think that that .NET developers are any different than other developers in the broader community. I think the biggest difference is that uh, many .NET developers, at least from what I'm hearing of, of people in our community, and we have right now uh, over 6,600 people in our um, in our LinkedIn group on Uhuru. Uh, and and so from what I'm hearing from the .NET developers we've been engaged with is that they feel left out. They want to be able to participate in a lot of the neat new technologies that have really been uh, emerging in the open source and Linux world, such as the NoSQL databases. Although there are some coming out on Windows now, like RavenDB, who I interviewed I, on our podcast show. I interviewed one of the key developers of RavenDB recently, um, but. There's many. There's a lot of neat new technologies coming out in the open source world that these that these Microsoft developers haven't been able to take advantage of, and so they they feel like they're left out. So I I, I don't think it's so much that they're different than other developers, but they feel somewhat neglected. And even when Microsoft does things, 
um, uh, with with Azure, like when Microsoft first came out with Azure, it required changes to your code. So then they felt like, gosh, um, uh, you're supposed to be helping me, Microsoft, but this is this is a little bit difficult. Now Azure's made a lot of improvements since, and and but there's still a lot of you have to recompile and you have to do a bunch of things. So. I think it's it's that I think that the .NET developers have often felt that they've been on the outside looking in at a lot of the neat cloud stuff going on and 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 new developments and technologies and and, and I and I think that that that's the biggest difference I can think of. And and Michael, you just actually mentioned something that I was getting ready to ask you about is. How compatible is both your platform versus Azure versus other things that are out there? Like, how easy is it for your your beta testers that are out there today to actually take existing projects and and migrate them into your environment? Okay, well, I'll give you <laughs> I'll give you the marketing answer, and then I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> so the the marketing answer is that hey, we we were 100 compatible with existing .NET apps and on the Uhuru um, PaaS, and that you can run anything unmodified. We, we'll run your apps unmodified, but that's only ha- part of the story. Um, the reality is is that you cannot. Uh, really have a successful app on any cloud if unless you have a, shall we say a cloud compatible app that 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 is mainly the ma- big thing is it has to be stateless um, so if you have an, an application that requires a lot of it's looking for states makes a lot of state settings on the OS itself so in the Windows case you're doing things in the registry or, or a variety of other state things and you're storing it on that on the in the OS, it's going to be very difficult to take your app to the cloud. And I don't care who's PaaS or or even um, even uh, IIS or virtualization platform you want to go to. It's going to be difficult. Um, sure. And, and, and so trying- it's not so much a, an Uhuru thing as much as it is just taking a .NET app and making it cloud ready for anybody's platform. Correct. Yeah, and that's not even a .NET thing. I mean, there's lots right. of people with yeah, Java apps true. who yep. have made yep. big dependencies on on the OS and, and on Linux. So uh, I think this applies across the board. And I think a lot of developers are just now really wrapping their he- heads around what it means to have a cloud compatible app and. And, and not keep your state in the app. I mean, it just makes your app so much more difficult to scale. You can't just, if you're relying hugely on dependencies in the OS, and, and you can't just spin off new instances of your application, right, to, uh, to have multiple copies of it running to handle more load, it isn't going to work. Um, so so th- I think that's the biggest issue. Now, that aside... Um, the Uhuru cloud is very compatible with .NET. In fact, is all we've done is take took taken standard Windows 2008 servers and soon to be 2012 servers, and we put them on our as in our server farm. So it'll run anything that you if you can run your app on a Windows server on Windows server, it's going to run on our PaaS. Um, so we, but by contrast, Azure actually has made changes to the OS, and so they they've actually changed some of the stuff that there are. Now there are some advantages to some of the things they've done. Uh, you can get into the pros and cons, but I would actually, I, I I think it's fair to say that 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 we're more compatible with existing .NET apps than than than, than Azure is. So I can't just uh, I can't blame it on Microsoft, you know, the registry and <laughs> no. this is actually, you know, a bigger problem than that. See, that's no fun. I wanted to blame the registry again. <laughs> 
Well, it's it's. Well, I I, I worked at Microsoft for nine <laughs> years, and I I, I can critic. I I can be their biggest critic, but I I'll also say that a a lot of things they get blamed for. Other people have similar problems, right? So this is what we were talking about: issues of converting apps to the cloud and to run on the Uhuru Paz. Is the ish, the main issues, the, the things you've got to worry about are not unique to .NET at all, right? It, you're going to face that no matter what development, whether you're using Java, Ruby, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So let, let, let's talk for a second about about your customers or your developers and so forth. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that we've heard from different people as we talk about paths is. Um, the developers, at least in theory, love the concept. I can I can quickly deploy things. I don't have to buy uh, resources like I used to. I don't have to go fight IT. But but the flip side of that is, you know, there's a certain amount of uh, security and comfort, and that that that's my box. I can go touch it. I can go tweak it. What are you guys seeing? Um, I'll sort of ask this in two parts. What are you seeing as you as you talk to developers about sort of getting over that fear of the what's in the black box? And then sort of the second part of it is, you know, being open source, like you said, curating this huge community, how much does, does the community help developers kind of get over that fear or that concern that maybe they didn't have the same visibility as they did in the past when it was their own boxes and OS and patches and stuff? Yeah, I I don't know how much of the... Of the uh, I don't know how much it is that people are afraid of losing control over over boxes and in, in from a div, from the perspective of software engineers they often don't have a lot of control over the boxes hosting their stuff anyway even in a traditional environment right they hand it over to some IT person and that person is now now controls everything so in in many senses this empowers them a, a paz um, like ours a platform as a service um, it empowers the developer because the developer is they're the ones pushing their app directly to the cloud when they want it right, right. It, whereas it's if you're relying on your i t staff to do stuff then it it's uh, a lot more a lot more delay and you have much less control over over what's going on now that said i mean there definitely are cases where where developers require a lot of fine tuning of the o s and they've done i mean we're going through the phase now as we were just discussing of people realizing what they have to do to build cloud-compatible stateless apps. And so there's a lot of developers who have traditionally relied on deep changes and configuration stuff in an OS, and they're, they're having to learn that. And I think that is really the biggest thing, that, the, 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 the biggest issue out there. You, you also get into some concerns about ownership of data, right? Like, oh, this data isn't sitting on my envi- in, my, in our environment anymore. Um, what guarantees do we have that our data will be secure? Um, and then, depending on the industry, right? You can have people in fi- fi- financial or healthcare industry that have a lot of regulations, and they're very concerned about uh, whether their data is going to be managed in a in a really secure way. Um, and those are valid concerns, and it's up to the the hosting world, a, a, a companies like Uhuru and elsewhere, to to meet the SLA requirements that they have and get HIPAA certified or whatever. And in the case of Uhuru, we our strategy is that we provide our software, our PaaS software, available for licensing to any other service providers who want it. So we have one public partner right now, Logicalis, who's a hoster, 
and they're offering uh, HIPAA compliant um, uh, hosting, and they even on an Uhuru using our Uhuru PaaS software. So they can offer a company that needs HIPAA compliance for healthcare um, uh, an Uhuru PaaS. And so, of course, you pay for these additional types of levels of, of uh, security and, and data management. But that's a way then that we're that, that service providers can differentiate, right? You can Logicalis is able to differentiate themselves by having these high levels of security and so on. And it allows us as a Huru to be able to address a broader set of users that we can't ourselves address um, in, in hosting. Okay. And so, do you see that? Uh, so specifically, that kind of HIPAA compliant cloud as a potentially emerging trend of instead of these, you know, big PaaS platforms that support everything and anything, almost a bunch, bunch more of specialized, you know, micro PaaSs, if I use that term, specialized or customized, more uh, around a functional area or a certain aspect of compliance or, you know, it's almost like, I don't know, boutique PaaSs or something like that, specialized to a certain uh, aspect. I think it's. I think we're going to see the the hosting industry evolve to have some big players um, who kind of offer the the uh, the generic service that 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 is kind of cut rate generic that everybody can go to, and then you'll have a bunch of 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 people who differentiate by offering unique types of of things as we were just saying as we're saying extra security or something HIPAA compliance. But also national um, issues, right? Because there's a this is not just a United States thing, and, and this is we've run into this a lot. A lot of the interest in our paths is coming from people outside of the U.S. In fact, I'm just stunned at how many of our beta testers are from India and Eastern Europe and stuff. And I think these I think these paths and cloud platforms appeal to these these countries a lot because. These they might not have the same degree of IT expertise or, or otherwise, and so they they this really appeals to them, and uh, and then many times they want local hosting. They don't want to for there's there can even be legal reasons in some of these other countries where it's illegal to have uh, uh, data of your of your nationals stored on foreign soil. And so they, they, I know Canada, where I'm from, I'm from Canada originally. They have laws there that that um, uh, that insist that that data privacy for privacy concerns that that data for Canadian customers onto your website be stored in Canada. Yeah, we've we've sort of explored that with we've we've had some lawyers and all on the show. And we've talked about the U.S. Freedom of Information Act and how you know companies that are international or companies that are multinational. Are having to deal with those issues of you know where where what what physical country does my data actually reside in? What's the what's the guidance? What's the rules that you know the governing body of that country can they come and take my data? How do they get search and seizure? And so yeah, that's it'll be a big deal. And it, it kind of leads me into what I'll make sort of the last question so we don't run too long here. Um, you know, PaaS is still in a really really early days. I mean, yes, there's there's a couple of different vendors that are out there or companies that are starting to make announcements like you like you said you guys are obviously in beta um, I would assume you know right now everybody's kind of running you can come to you know uhurusoftware.com or you know like you said uhuru cloud and run it you know an early beta version but I would guess and, and correct me if I'm wrong here you know with all those issues which country things run in how people want to run them um, I would guess the, the market is probably eventually going to get to 
you guys don't play the role of both service provider and software provider, it'll probably evolve back into a more of a natural state of where you're really community uh, advocate, software provider, and then you, you, you'll sell to somebody in India, different from Romania, different from Canada, from the U.S. Is that, is that kind of where you see things going, or do you think we'll see a lot of these, these dual role, somebody acting as a service provider and also as a software provider? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, asking, my asking crystal predict, ball is predict the future. My, yeah, yeah. My crystal ball is broken today, so I, <laughs> um, we're going to go where the market wants us to go, right? Uh, and and uh, if there's lots of service providers who want to be hosting um, who are powered clouds, we're more than delighted to help them do that. Um, we we know that we cannot possibly meet all the needs there are for passes, right? As we were just dis- saying that we're not we're not in a position to any. We're we're gearing up to offer a commercial pass ourselves for small businesses, uh, small and mid sized businesses towards the end of this year. But but it, it's it's going to be quite a while before we're in a position to offer a, a HIPAA compliant PaaS, and and then it's going to be longer than that for us to offer PaaSs in Australia and and Africa or wherever other national things that people want. So uh, there, it's just not possible for us to be offering our own host Uhuru hosted services everywhere and with all the different needs that people will have. And, and, and so, in fact, I, I just can't imagine that we'll ever be able to do that, really. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, the, we'll, we'll see how the industry grows um, and and shakes out, um, and 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 we're just going to follow where our customers and where the demand really is. And, and and right now, we see that there is demand for for some hosted service, and having a hosted service ourselves helps us really harden our software. And it and it even uh, uh, it, believe it or not, it, it we've been getting more interest from ISPs because we've been doing hosting, and it kind of shows them, oh, this is how you do it. We can demonstrate it to them. Hmm. Interesting, interesting learnings. Well, Aaron, um, I think we're we're kind of getting towards the end of the week, and we're getting towards the end of the show. You want to uh, take us home, or any last thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So, Michael, where, where can everyone go to find out more uh, about the cloud beta? And I think you mentioned the LinkedIn group. So, so tell us a little bit about where everyone can go. Well, just go to our Uhuru website, uhurusoftware.com. That's U-H-U-R-U software.com. Uh, from there, we have our link to our uh, we have links to our LinkedIn group. We have a podcast show. We have. Um, a lot of stuff and even links to our beta. Although our new beta, which is we have not publicly announced that on our main website yet. And if you want to go to that, that's uhurucloud.com, U-H-U-R-U um, cloud.com. Okay, very cool. All right. So you can follow us on Twitter at the Net, or you can reach us on the web at thecloudcast.net where you'll find links to the show and show notes. You can follow our YouTube channel. You can uh, find links to the show for iTunes or Stitcher. And I think that's about it for this week, guys. Thank you very much, and thanks for listening. 